1: Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to the Valentine's News Podcast for Monday, March seven. I'm your host Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and today we have a lot to talk about. This is our first show after the 2022 NFL Scouting Combine. Yours truly spent a few days in Indianapolis, getting to uh, getting to talk to some of the NFL draft prospects, getting around town a little bit, and uh, so let's talk a little bit about. about your New York Giants and and what is happening as we approach the uh, beginning of free agency here in about a week and a half and the draft in a little bit less than two months. All right, first thing I want to talk about is something that uh, General Manager Joe Shane said uh, during a a session that he did while he was answering questions from fans last week in Indianapolis. And Joe said that this is not a rebuild, and that bothers me just a little bit i have I understand that in Buffalo in the first season that Brandon Bean took over in Buffalo, that the bills actually went nine and seven and, and made the playoffs. They did take a step back in their second year, but if you look at the history of the bills. They hadn't won, they hadn't really reached the playoffs, but they had been a team that had been winning six, seven, eight games per season for a while. There weren't, uh, in in the stretch prior to Brandon Bean taking over, there weren't a lot of four and five win seasons in there. I think uh, the point that I'm trying to make is I think the Bills were a little bit closer than the Giants are right now. The Giants are a team that has lost double-digit games five years in a row. When I spoke with Dan Duggan of The Athletic last week in uh, Indianapolis for a show that I did, we both pretty much agreed that one of the things that the Giants need to do here is embrace where they are, realize that this is a rebuild, that they can't pick up and run here because they they need to crawl, they need to walk, they need to start from the beginning. One of the things that Dave Gettleman did when he became general manager in 2018 when he drafted Saquon Barkley number 2 overall, he consistently said that he thought you could win while you built. And it wasn't until the the final year or so of Gettleman's Time as GM, that he said that he realized that philosophy, that statement was not correct. I hope that Joe Shane and Brian Dable don't follow that path. I hope that what they're doing here is saying in public, at least in in their front-facing comments, that they don't want to be terrible in 2022. But I hope that behind closed doors. They're focused on the future, on the long term, and in their decision making, I hope that they're focused on the long term and not just on 2022, because this is not a quick fix for the Giants. It's not a one year fix. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. They've had five straight double digit losing seasons, they've been to the playoffs once since 2011 haven't won a playoff game in that time. There is no magic bullet. There is no magic pill. There is no magic fix for this. It's going to take time. It's going to take work. And I hope that uh, that there are no shortcuts taken here. I don't think the Giants can take shortcuts because of their situation with the salary cap. They can't go and make a a massive free agent splurge but i i just i'm a I'm a little bit concerned about Shane you know saying that this is not a rebuild. I think he's an incredibly smart man when I spoke to people about him in Indianapolis. there's a lot of optimism that he is the guy who will eventually get this turned around for the giants. I just hope that there is a recognition that this is not going to happen overnight and that the Giants might not look like an incredibly improved football team in 2022. A lot of that has to do with another thing that we need to talk about, and that is their salary cap situation. The Giants, of course, uh, as I do this show, the Giants are about $20 million under the salary cap. They have to get to the league salary cap by March 16th, really about a week and a half away. Uh, Lots of of moves yet to come. I mean, the one that we mostly expect is James Bradbury being traded a move that would save the Giants more than $12 million against their salary cap. Probably going to see Sterling Shepard cut as well. There's a lot of talk about Shepard being asked to take a pay cut. The, the understanding, you know from from what I, I read at this point, from what I see reported, it looks like Shepard is resistant to taking that pay cut and if he's not going to take that pay cut, he's probably going to end up being released. Linebacker Blake Martinez might be more amenable to taking a pay cut and I would expect that to happen between now and, and the 16th. The, uh, the one of the more interesting things, of course, is the status of running back Saquon Barkley. You know, if you've read Big Blue View, if you listened to my show with Dan Duggan last week, you know that I'm on the side that believes that the Giants should be looking to trade Saquon. I think that is in their their long-term best interests. Now, mind you, it might not be in their best interest in 2022 because of the price tag. That that they could get for Barkley. There's a lot of belief out there that the Giants might not get more than a more than a fourth round pick, which is of course a day three pick in exchange for Barkley, and that's a tough pill to swallow if you're John Mara. After uh, the Giants drafted him as drafted Barkley number two overall in 2018, and more or less made him the face of their franchise. So trading him for a day three draft pick would be a really, really difficult thing for John Mara to do. I understand that, especially if Barkley was to go and have a really, really good 2022 season and make the Giants look bad. But uh, I still personally believe that trading Barkley is in the long-term best interests of the franchise. At this point, though the the word that we hear that the things that we see are that that the giants are unlikely to trade barkley unless they get an offer that uh, that they feel they can't refuse so we'll see what happens but the barkley situation still definitely deserves to be uh, to be paid attention to all right another thing i wanted to talk about is another thing that uh, that gm joe shane said during uh, his media time last week. And that's that one of what he really wants to do when he thinks about the, the upcoming NFL draft is he wants to enter the first night of the draft where the Giants have the fifth and seventh pick. He wants to enter draft night feeling completely comfortable that there are seven players at the top of the board that he would be happy taking. And what I am trying to do at Big Blue View, and I'm I'm soliciting input from uh from contributors, Chris Flum and, and Nick Filato as well, we're going to try to come up with a list of seven. We're gonna see where there's a consensus on players, come up with our with our own grouping, which might lead us to to making the argument that there's no consensus after uh, after four or five players, which might lead us to an argument as to whether or not it would be a good idea to take the second pick at number seven and trade down with it, which is actually something that uh, that I don't have a problem with at all, as much as uh, there are a couple of players that I really, really would like to see the Giants take at five and seven. In my most recent mock draft, I took Icky Equinu. Offensive tackle from North Carolina State for the Giants at number five. And I took Sauce Gardner, the cornerback from Cincinnati, at number seven. If I was able to get those two players in the top ten, I would have no problem with that. I would be really, really happy to do that. But you wonder if the Giants get to the seventh pick and they don't feel like the players that are available are in the top seven on their draft board. You wonder if they would look to trade down perhaps into the middle or later portions of round one, try to pick up some draft capital. The other thing that was interesting from Shane se- several times during the week, he said that, uh, that he does not believe it's necessary to draft offensive linemen in round one. Obviously, the Giants are in a situation where they have to rebuild this offensive line. Andrew Thomas at left tackle is the only reliable starter they have heading into 2022. The focus for Shane and head coach Brian Dable has got to be finding offensive linemen to uh, to put in front of Daniel Jones to to help the Giants finally try to play some functional, consistent offense and and give Daniel Jones a full chance to show this new Giants coaching staff, what he can do in the fourth season, final season of his rookie contract as the Giants try to determine whether Jones is or is not their future going forward. So I think uh, as much as I think if uh, if Equinu or Evan Neal is available to the Giants at number five, I, I feel reasonably confident that one of those two guys would be the pick. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the Giants handle the restructuring of this offensive line if those two players are not available. I don't know if they will see Charles Cross of Mississippi State or Trevor Penning of Northern Iowa as players worthy of being selected in the top 10. That's going to be very, very interesting. And I'm going to continue trying to to solicit some information Uh, just solicit some opinion as to uh, how draft analysts feel about those two players, you know, over the next few weeks. But that's, that's going to be a huge question for the giants is what do they do? How do they restructure that offensive line? If they cannot get one of those top two targets in the draft, that is something I'm sure we'll be talking about quite a bit in the next few weeks at big blue view. So make sure that you, uh, make sure you keep reading, keep listening. Also uh, wanted to mention that Nick Filato did a terrific breakdown of Alabama offensive tackle Evan Neal over on our YouTube page that posted earlier on Monday. So please stop by and check that out. It's a really good breakdown of things to feel good about when it comes to Neal and a few things to be concerned about as well for a guy who could wind up with the Giants if he's still available at number five. All right, let's talk about uh, free agency a little bit. Free agency is coming up here on uh, officially on March 16th. A couple of days prior to that, I believe on the 14th, is when the what is, is referred to as the legal tampering period begins. By the 16th, we'll pretty much know what the first wave of free agency looks like. We'll pretty much know who's going where. The The expectation is that for the most part, the Giants are not going to have money to uh, to really participate in the first wave of free agency. You wonder if they can clear enough cap space. That the biggest name that keeps being connected to the Giants is Buffalo Bills' backup quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky. And I wrote about Trubisky on Sunday at Big Blue View. Connecting him to the Giants makes a ton of sense, but I don't know how much the Giants are going to be willing to spend on a backup quarterback. The fact is, Trubisky was in Buffalo last year with Joe Shane and with Brian Dayball, and from everything we can ascertain, the, the new Giants decision-making tandem is very impressed with Trubisky. And he, he wouldn't make a lot of sense in New York as a backup for Daniel Jones, as a guy who might push Jones a little bit, as a guy who might give the Giants at least adequate quarterback play if Jones either gets hurt, which is something we've seen him do several times already in his career, or if Jones flops in uh, in Brian, in the new offense put together by Brian Dable and Mike Kafka, and the Giants decided that uh, that they needed to to make an in season change. Having a guy like Trubisky would at least give them adequate quarterback play throughout the rest of the twenty twenty two season. So Trubisky makes sense. I just don't know that the Giants are going to be able to pay for Trubisky. There are teams out there like the Pittsburgh Steelers the Washington Commanders, probably a couple of other teams that might be able to offer Trubisky a starting job from from the minute he walks in the door and starter money. So as much as Trubisky to the Giants makes sense, I'm just not sure that, that it'll happen because I think that there are going to be offers that Trubisky's going to have where his path to getting on the field is clearer, and and in all honesty, where he can probably make more money. So we'll see how that goes. Another name that you hear who isn't technically a free agent yet, but you hear connected to the Giants, is Bill's offensive guard, John Feliciano. He's a veteran player. There is some belief that uh, due to their own cap limitations, and their own roster construction issues that the bills might have to cut ties with Feliciano, who's a veteran player, started a lot of games for the bills over the years. Feliciano's a guy who uh who would probably slide right into one of the starting guard spots for the Giants if he does come available, so keep an eye out for that uh, Giants fans if the Giants. If the Bills, I'm sorry, do let go of John Feliciano, keep his name in mind as Joe Shane and Brian Dable try to restructure this, uh, this Giants offensive line. Finally, just a couple of things I wanted to note from my time in Indianapolis. I did a couple of, uh, of posts at Big Blue View that I hope you've read and enjoyed and would like to point you to, if you haven't seen them yet. I did a uh, a third annual eds excellent adventure in Indianapolis post that's something I started back in uh, in 2019 the first time that I went to Indianapolis for the combine so give that a read it's a fun piece about not only what I did covering uh, covering the the combine itself but uh, some of what uh, what I saw and took part in, and in, in some of the the uh, the good time that was had, you know, in and around the the city of uh, of, of Indianapolis as uh, as I covered the combine. I think I hope anyway that that's an enjoyable read that gives you a little bit of a flavor of what it's like to be in Indianapolis for a few days for a big event like the combine. The other thing that I did was, uh, had a chance to speak with some city officials in Indianapolis as they try to keep the combine. You may or may not know that, that the city of Indianapolis has hosted the combine now for the last 35 years and that this could be the final time as the NFL, is reportedly looking to uh, to potentially move the combine and begin moving it you know, from city to city as they have done in recent years with the NFL draft. There is, right now, Indianapolis is bidding with Los Angeles and Dallas to remain as a host of the combine. We'll see what happens there. But I had a chance to talk to some folks around Indianapolis about the combine put together a piece on uh, on indianapolis's hopes to uh, to maintain the event so give that a read as well all right giants fans thank you as always for listening please remember to uh stay safe out there take care of each other and we'll talk to you soon bye-bye
0: from data privacy to the future of tv retail media and beyond The world of digital marketing is constantly in flux. So how can you keep up? Well, The Current Report is there for you. Each week, marketing leaders on the cutting edge give you the latest insight. So if it's creating a buzz, they'll be talking about it. Subscribe to The Current Report wherever you get your podcasts.